My first name is Tim. I've never read Animorphs. I'm doing it now. Welcome to Minds at York. I think I'm Tim. I am down in the Northeast as Alex. I think today I am going to go by Selena. Fancy. Yeah. All right. It's a name I didn't use for my new D&D character. Ah, uh, what name did you use? You'd have to play D&D with me to find out. See, that's mean because you know I have valid reasons for not. <laughs> I do. I do. It's Samantha. Wait, is everyone in the campaign playing as American Girl dolls? No, but I chose to be a teenage girl, and it feels really great. And then I was cracking up because friend of the podcast, Robert, is playing a dude whose daughter got killed by vampires. And I'm her childhood friend who stopped being friends because I got spooky powers. And <laughs> it was just like, I'm going to also point out that you are the oldest person in this group and also now playing my friend's dad. And he was like, <laughs> man, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, love you too. Also, Robert's great. Go listen to Haunted Griffin stuff. Oh, yeah. We have to do 10 building questions. Yes. Okay. Meg. I'm starting to think it's a mistake to let Tim run this episode. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Hold on. I'll stay with it here. I'll I'm, do my I'm best. looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. I'm here. I'm listening. All right. Uh, hang on. Let me pull it up real quick. I, I, I made notes. Okay. Meg. Yes. If you could be in the Guinness Book of World Records, what record-breaking feat would you attempt? I like when you give these to me in advance so that I don't have to sit here in silence. That's why I don't. I've got to say, I actually do agree with Tim on this one. It's more <laughs> fun more fun to watch you come up with the answer <laughs> in real time. <sighs> we cut all the silence out anyway. I would want to do something like the longest filibuster or some shit. Just see how long I could talk. All right. I actually Welcome. have a picture that's in the Guinness Book of World Records for May. flicking M&M's from his ear into his brother's mouth. <laughs> Thank you. Is your friend Gambit from the X-Men? Not my friend. <laughs> teacher? A former teacher, who I think is like vice president and vice president, vice principal of my high school now, or former high school. And your I... teacher's name was Mike Pence. <laughs> you know. Alex? Potatoes. What did I forget to buy at the store yesterday? I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> Potatoes is part of the answer, but I'm also going to say dryer sheets. Well, oh, I did forget to buy dryer sheets. But the answer was potatoes. Haha, <laughs> I got it. And I got the bonus point for dryer sheets. All right, now that that's out of the way, we read an Animorphs book this week. Wait, we did? We did. Oh, oops. Okay, well, two of us read an Animorphs book this week. Wait, Tim, did you forget you... to read Animorphs this week? No, it, no, I did it. <laughs> I did it like...
10 minutes ago. Like, I was going to be late, finished reading, but then somebody else took the bullet for being late today for me. That explains why my pizza delivery driver had (laughs) spikes embedded in his tires. (laughs) Also, your pizza sounded good, and I don't even know what kind you got. I just, like, didn't have access to Pizza Hut pizza, and part of me is like, man, I think I'm just going to let it live in my memories. To, To quote Tim Curry, cheese pizza. I mean, I figured as much, but... Yes. Where is there a corner of this country that you don't have access to Pizza Hut pizza? Don't fall for the Yerk trick, Meg. (laughs) I no longer live there, but Brooklyn did not have Pizza Hut pizza. Amazing. Yes, you can go live in Brooklyn if you do not want Pizza Hut pizza near you. All right, so book 50. This I was one like, was... I want to go to bed. <laughs> Let me go to bed. <laughs> this one was called <clears throat> The Ultimate. Bad news for Tim. This is going to be when Meg tries for that filibuster right <laughs> buckle up. Yep. You brought it up. The gang is running training in the compound with all of the residents for what to do if there's a Yurk attack. It doesn't go well. The gang realizes they need to do something. They decide to recruit more Animorphs. The only group of people who they feel confident is safe from controllers is persons with disabilities. They sneak into a rehabilitation center with a group of entertainers. They meet a boy named James and show him their abilities. James convinces a group of kids to become Animorphs. James is the only one to become non-disabled after morphing. This is repeated until there are 23 Animorphs. Jake and the gang go to a school for people who are blind. But it was a setup. Tom is there and takes the morphing cube and the Animorphs prisoners. Cassie had morphed Fly in time to spot the setup. Cassie breaks away and brings in the new Animorphs to save the day. A big fight breaks out and Visser 1 shows up. Tom grabs the morphing cube and runs out. Jake follows and they are about to battle when Cassie bites Jake's already wounded leg and allows Tom to escape with the cube. For the record, there are three that had were able to... Yeah, I wrote that note when it was only after the first wave. No, yeah. I know. Just yeah. like, throwing that out there. There are three. Yeah, yeah. Of the first wave, you are correct. It was only James. Yes. I should have gone back and fixed that. You're good. Your summaries are always excellent, Tim. No (laughs) worries. Never any issues at all. Okay. (laughs) So I feel like I'm going to go off on a tangent. I'm going to tell you that I enjoyed this book. I enjoy where the whole series is going. Uh, And these books have been great lately. But I'm going to go off on a tangent about Cassie. So I need somebody to start me off earlier in the book. Okay. So you do like the book. Yes. Let's start talking about parentals. Okay. Uh, okay. This book's got a lot of feelings, but we find out that the parents are pretty much like, I don't want to listen to my 15-year-old kids. Which feels honest. But not productive. Yes. Fair. Like, The way the kid, the way the parents are pushing back against the kids, isn't just an "I'm your parent and I know better" thing. It's a, 
oh no, we're living with aliens and our kids can turn into animals. But no, this can't be right. Maybe we can go negotiate with Visser yeah. One. Yeah. I don't think that argument is invalid. Like, generally speaking, I'm someone who's like, hey, let's work shit out before we resort to violence. However, it's been three years. Cassie keeps saying it's been months. It's been three years. Like, we will get confirmation soon of that. It's been three years. Weirdly, so has 2020. (laughs) Nice. I I do... Help me. Uh, Marco makes, I think, the best explanation. (laughs) That sounded Uh, really pained. I don't like Marco that much in this book, but I am willing to listen to you chop. You chop. Oh, I actually like Marco in this book. Uh, except for that. except for one line. There's there's one line that sort of like really rubbed me the wrong way. And I bet it's this one that I'm about to say I loved. Yep. It's got to be kids, Marco said musingly. Adults are too reality bound. It's too hard for them to suspend disbelief, even when a new reality hits them in the face. No, I like that. My problem with Marco is that Marco is so fucking chill in this book and almost disconnected, like yeah, past the... disassociating, like yeah. completely just like, I don't fucking care anymore. And that's not Marco, even though both of his parents are safe. Like, that's not Marco. Well, that, Marco that... is not the one to sit down and be whittling wood. What? But that was weird the way he was whittling and then just sort of popped back into himself at the end of that, too. I guess. Yeah, as if he like woke up. I I will grant that the whittling is a strange choice. I do think there is a part of Marco that like we've we've read that like he hangs out with Axe in his scoop playing video games and hacking government computer databases. Like I think there is a part of him that's like, well, I don't have the day to day. There's a part of Marco that is in COVID quarantine. And says, I don't have the day-to-day of a normal life anymore. How do I ground myself? How do I be human? I guess I whittle now. And, Damn like, it. take a break when he's not in war mode. I fucking hate that that argument makes sense. Like, Also, does does that mean I should take up whittling? Yes. I'm honestly surprised you haven't. <laughs> Probably I'm, because, like, you haven't had the COVID break that most of us have had. That's or true. Or the COVID co- quarantine that most of us have had. I'm mostly surprised, Tim, that you would have to take up whittling. <laughs> I just assume that, like, you grew up whittling. This is true. Like, you do give off this vibe of just being, like, born 35. <laughs> whittling falling asleep in front of football like of the three of us if any of us were to thrive in mayberry it's you probably accurate they might even let you put your bullet in your gun once oh uh here i thought i was gonna be the andy but it turns out i'm the barney i was being nice it was that or gomer (laughs) oh now gomer i feel like fits a lot better can I be Andy? I'll allow it. Yes. Um, uh, I'm Cassie's... obviously Floyd the barber. Okay. 
Cassie's dad kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit in this one, too, when we're talking about parents. Cassie's dad was the only one sitting here saying what I was thinking. Cassie came close a couple of times. I wrote all the parents' names. We've got all the parents' names. His name is Cassie's dad. No, it's not. It's Walter. (laughs) His middle name is Cassie's dad. Walter Cassie's dad. (laughs) Last name. Withheld. (laughs) It's actually like the reverse of, of Scandinavian names. Cassie's dad is his last name. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have Walter and Michelle, Ava and Peter, Steve and Jean, and Naomi. So, yeah, he, he makes this comment asking Cassie if it's humane what they're doing with these kids. And and I don't know, that just kind of like tweaked me wrong because I'm like, it's it's literally no different like why why make the separation to send in anybody untrained is literally the same as doing it here is you're talking about the conversation with cassie about the kids with disabilities yes here is here is the issue i took that is more of an historical issue okay than like an historical issue and just a good science uh, informed consent issue i think the point of the, the the kind of moral of the book of hey don't discount kids with disabilities just because mm-hmm. is absolutely a valid and good point like for a children's book with like a remarkably concrete moral compared to what animorphs nor- normally gives us yeah i'm okay with that from an ethics standpoint, there is a history of experimentation on people with disabilities. And even beyond that, there is a question of to what degree does someone in that position, especially as a kid, have the ability to provide informed consent and it not have a statutory kind of issue not statutory in the way we typically think about it that's age related but statutory in terms of status the same reason why there are rules about prison guards and prisoners and how they can interact in this case it's if you say to a kid hey you have only ever known not being able to walk this will let you walk but you have to sign up for our war that creates an unfair balance that makes consent a much fuzzier thing Especially in someone young without a lot of experience. That's, that's to me, the crux of the solid, hey, is this okay argument. And I think Walter gets the closest to that. He, okay, but... now that I, I would agree with. That, that is, that, if that had been something more along the lines of what Walter puts out there, it would have read a lot better to me. But it sounded like his argument discounted what the whole book's argument and I think that I, that the original intent is what you read into it. Yes, I I think yeah. I think Meg's right about that. I think it is that he is supposed to be here as a voice of what we get in this series a lot: adults discounting kids. Okay, so uh, knowing, I okay that knowing makes sense. what Applegate and Grant were trying to do here, which is to say, like, hey, we wanted to write about a group of kids that are considered marginalized and put off to the side and show how strong these people actually are and how much they can help society um 
I, I also, the flip side of that is it is one of the few things that they've said that they, if they could go back, they would do differently. There yeah, are sure, aspects sure. of this that this is the part that are like, we would fix this. Not yeah. necessarily this part of the storyline, but like this storyline. Yeah. I think in terms of providing that, that counterpoint voice, I, I, I think you're right, Tim. Like what Walter ends up saying is somewhere between, at least in 20, 2020, what reads as that other voice effectively and what I thought he was getting closer to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think Axe is actually the character who does sort of the best job right. of embodying the the obvious bias. Yes, because he is so open and blind and, and terrible about it. But yeah, I also like, really, really appreciate the fact that Axe has grown. Like, Axe is the person who calls himself out immediately of, these people have no benefit to society. But I understand that that is coming from me, who understanding that Andalites view them as not having value and that you are telling me that humans view that differently. Yeah. And so I do actually really appreciate the fact that Axe is maturing, I guess, growing up. He's he's (laughs) in the part of the process where he's acknowledging his shortcomings, but has an internalized different thinking. Yeah. It's like, I I know, I don't know. That sounds like sort of like a garbage answer to me. It's like, I'm going to say this thing and I know you think it sucks. But whatever. Axe still... is 14, 15 by human <laughs> standards, not an adult. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Which this... just, and again, to go back to what Alex was arguing to begin with, like, it's really shitty to be like, <laughs> is this humane and things like that? Was it fucking humane to get these kids involved? Like, that's that was and going into point. the whole war in general, is 18 old enough to really make that decision? And you're I mean, literally leveling the playing field in that they'll all go in in the same animal morphs. You know what I'm saying? There are, there are no sort of advantages or disadvantages or or however you want to, to I mean, the advantage-disadvantage is the fact that if they have to demorph and try to hide, it is going to be much harder for them. Sure. But I think that, yeah, I mean, you're right. This is going to be a very, very touchy, I think, aspect of these books for the next few books. And it is going to be interesting to see what we all think by the end. Well, I think I think for this one, what is important to take away and what I think Applegate and Grant want us to take away is at the end of the day, James in particular, but others of the... the I'm going to call them the seagull or the the pigeon squad. They're called the auxiliary animorphs. Okay, the auxiliary animorphs. I don't know when that name actually pops up or if that's a name the fandom's given them, but that's how... They were called, in my head canon, the nunomorphs. The nunomorphs? I like that. Yeah. Numa, numa, numie? I like seagull squad and pigeon squad, personally. Yeah. Those also work, too. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Except for, like, I think... Two thirds of them are actually Rachel Fox. Yeah, <laughs> or Tobias remade. But I still think if they were wing bands, their wing bands would have pigeons on them. So I think it's still Fair. they're still part of the the group. So, um, the thing I think that is the important takeaway is that in this book that is largely about Jake having his confidence shaken, one we see James as 
a really strong leader figure. And two, like yes. the kids who join in this book come in as being very game and being like, mm-hmm. not to say they're without worries or they're fearless, but like they come in and they kind of kick ass. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's the obvious like takeaway that was intended. Like these kids rock. Can I tell you that I absolutely loved James and I love what James could mean for Jake. James is young Jake. James is Jake. I don't know. Jake. He's he's better than Jake was. I don't know. But uh, I I I love the fact of like Jake is finally boiling over because he is just taken too much. I and mean, the idea of of sort of divesting that leadership a little bit. I think that it is a perfect time because if this had happened 10 books ago, 5 books ago or something like that, we could have potentially run into the problem of not Rachel quote unquote wanting to take power or take leadership or whatever, but James being the issue. Yeah. And that being the old force versus new force. But I am definitely the person who wrote in my notes, Jake is a punk ass bitch in this. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I get it. So, but also, like, man the fuck up. Sorry. I in, agree in, with Cassie and Rachel in this book. <laughs> uh, on the subject of Jake, I started rewatching this week X Men Evolution in the background. Oh, God. And one. <clears throat> Okay. Xavier's School for the Gifted sounds a lot like culty sharing nonsense in that show. There's a lot of, oh, you could have a place with us. We would be your family. We would look out for you. Oh, hi, Rogue. You seem so lonely. <laughs> um, But two, I'm pretty sure that show... Is the reason I conflate Scott Summers and Jake? <laughs> is this the reason you hate the Summers brothers? I don't hate Alex Summers. Let's be very clear here. Oh, I do, but that's a whole different story. That's a whole. Well, I mean, okay, not for the reasons. Mine or, have nothing to do with X Men. Mine are completely petty bullshit reasons that I um, just take off the air. Uh, this is this show is probably why I dislike Cyclops as much as I do, and probably why I conflate him and Jake. I also am bringing this up in part so I can make a confession. Okay. There has been an X-Men event going on called Ten of Swords. And it just wrapped up. And I think I like Scott Summers now as a character. <laughs> They made him good. Oh, that's wonderful. And it it hurt me. I was so upset. Have I ever worn my probably a Summers Brother t-shirt in front of y'all? I I can't imagine you haven't, but I don't remember you doing it. I know I've seen it, but... Yeah, it, I think I can still count on both hands the number of times we've actually hung out. So it's a it's a it's a, it's a wonderful t shirt from the Explain the X Men podcast. That's and why I, I know it. I think I remember yep. you buying it. Yep. Um. So I I don't know, Jake. I do not necessarily like some of the things or comments that he does in this book. Um, I don't understand the whole bicycle thing. I like 
throughout the entire thing. I was like, well, why, why did he do that? Like, even if it's an adrenaline rush, like, I don't understand that at all. It's so funny that, like, Tim makes a comment and I so quickly, even though I agree with it, I'm like, no, I'm going to fight this. <laughs> but he, he, uh, he has been under so much pressure for so long and everything has gone wrong in his life. I mean, he failed. He yeah. failed. He failed majorly. So I have a hard time hanging the punk ass bitch, you know, necklace on him. Okay, to be fair, so I have Jake is being a punk ass bitch. And then I have Ava's opinion on Jake makes me cry. So does yes. Walter. But no one cries. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, so all of this was before their big meeting. It was when he was just being a bitch to Cassie. Uh, okay. Okay. And fair. But Ava sitting there being like, sure, I could leave this. But you want to know the one person? What is that? Oh, there's a Buffy episode. None. Neither of you have watched Buffy. But anybody who's listening to Buffy, the season series finale of Buffy, Buffy does this great speech where she's like, there are all these bad guys and it is going to be rough as fuck. And there's one person that you can fight against it. And that is Willow. She is the scariest person. And that is all I could picture while Ava's sitting here being like, there's only one person in this entire universe that Visor One is afraid of, and it's that fucking child right there. You know, I absolutely <laughs> would watch Allison Hannigan play Jake. <laughs> same, same. I'd watch Allison Hannigan play anything though. Where is Allison Hannigan at? I think they had a couple kids, and maybe she's just chilling with them right now. Um, but. I, like, genuinely appreciate that, you know, they even comment on it, like, this is a great speech, and if this was a movie or TV show, we'd all be clapping and cheering, but that's not actually happening. But, I don't know, it's, like, a really great moment, and Walter's like, hey, I'm acknowledging that you're going through shit, but I'm also going to remind you that we can't replace what you've lost, but you do have family here. And I don't know, it's just kind of great. Meanwhile, Naomi is also a punk. <laughs> I started so, my dissertation on lawyers and apocalypse because of this. So, so Meg uh. put out a tweet today that sort of blew my mind. <laughs> it didn't immediately hit you? No. Oh my god. But like, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, like I almost dropped the phone. <laughs> um, so there's uh, another podcast called We're Alive and there's a character named Kelly and it is Naomi. <laughs> We're Alive is a zombie apocalypse audio drama. It is fantastic. It is, I think, about 10 years old at this point. And Kelly is also a lawyer who sits there and is basically like, I'm not going to listen to you. Why are you the person in charge? I'm fucking brilliant. I'm a lawyer. And there's even this thing of like, lawyers don't matter in this setting, in the apocalypse. Who fucking cares if you're a lawyer? And it's generally the same thing being thrown at Naomi. Mm Mm-hmm. Naomi, who wants to go try to negotiate with murderous aliens. I mean, can you fault her for that, like, thought? Yes! (laughs) All right, here's... Yes, I can. Here is how I do it. I get Eric King on the horn. I'm like, yo, Mr. K... Or not Eric, but... And I say, give me your dad. There we go. And I say, yo... Eric's also, like, a million years old. Eric's not actually a child. I say, yo, Mr. K... That montage you showed my parents of me getting my ass kicked by aliens, I'm going to need you to come here and show that 
and just to Naomi. There, it's Rachel, so it's going to be so much worse. So I, I have it in my head that Alex calls the King residence. And someone answers that is not Eric. And he's like, hey, put Eric on the phone. And as soon as Eric gets on the phone, he's like, hey, put your dad on the phone. <laughs> but what if I asked one of the other chief, hey, put Eric's dad on the phone. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> the same age as all of us. <laughs> Context. That would be me. Duh. That would be me answering the phone. Also, lawyers are the problem. Back off. <laughs> But, like, for real, Cassie's parents got the montage treatment. This is true. This is true. I I do find it hard to believe that they haven't done that for Naomi. Naomi got a bear. Yeah. Naomi got a talking bear. It seems like Cassie's parents would have leaned over and been like, hey, so we we saw some stuff, (laughs) and you might want to listen. Do you want ants? Because this is how you get ants. (laughs) And Rachel knows what it's like to be devoured by them. Oh fuck! I forgot about that. Um, and then you also get Sarah and Jordan just whining and stuff. Like I, I think it's cool from the aspect of just it's not just the parents. Like these two kids are like, "Hey, this was fun at first. This was a cool adventure, but um, I miss my bed. I miss my stuff." We also got the acknowledgement that while Rachel said they would try to find her dad, no. Nope. <laughs> they are fully aware that 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 bridge did not get crossed. Are we to the end yet? No, no. I'm gonna talk about Lauren now. I'm gonna remind you of Lauren of Andalite Chronicles, and how Lauren is probably the most badass NPC of this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lauren of last book is still one of the most yes. badass NPCs in the book. And I understand Tobias being like, hey, if your parents aren't going to fight, mine's not going to fight. And I get that, and I respect that. I don't see Lauren respecting that. Like, honestly. Did you, did you just refer to Lauren as an NPC? Yes. How do you distinguish between the playable characters in the book? The ones who narrate. The, the ones that we play when we play. Okay. So, the ones that so, are your JRPG party. So, so the six animorphs would be the playable characters. Yes. Yeah. Everybody else is an NPC. Yeah. But Tim, okay. I do, I do appreciate your calling attention to this because the whole NPC thing is also a GamerGate Comicsgate. Like, <sighs> we're gonna call basically liberals uh, NPCs. So, like, I want to make very clear: no, we don't mean it that way. Fuck no, those guys. No, no, I entirely really mean it. Yes, as yeah. a standpoint, it's not a, one of our main six characters. Yes, Fuck. I know, and you know. <laughs> but now, anyone listening who might be like, "Did they just?" Also knows. Okay. Meg, Meg's thought process is: How did my little comment get so difficult so quickly? <laughs> Have you met us? <laughs> I mean, the I feel like Tim and Alex every time. I feel like we go just long enough between recording that I'm like, I'm gonna make great notes. I'm prepared. <laughs> it's gonna be a great episode. Every fucking time, fifty five <laughs> episodes easily, and it's like fuck. <laughs> but seriously, Lauren. Yes, badass NPC. Can I? On that note, though, can I please read into the record a tweet you sent earlier? Yes. Uh, whoops, wrong one. Oh, yeah, here it is. We will have lots to yell about tonight. I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited. <laughs> I was too sober, apparently. 
<laughs> Wait, maybe Meg only doesn't like us when she's drinking. <laughs> I think the truth is, is that she only doesn't like us when we're around. <laughs> when we're not I around, like we're idea, fantastic. <laughs> I even commented to my roommate earlier. I was like, man, I'm in a great mood. I'm ready to record. It's going to be great. I don't know why I feel like this. <laughs> Past experience teaches me I should feel very differently. You're not wrong. Okay, sorry. Off track. Lauren, NPC, badass. Yes. But seriously, like, I mean, I understand. From narrative standpoint, I get it. I get why we want kids. I get why we are looking for kids that Yerks would find to be not useful. And I understand not wanting to bring an adult into that. I just want the smidgen of acknowledgement that, like, the Lauren of the Andalite Chronicles is legit one of the most badass characters of the series. But there's no one in the room who can acknowledge that. No, 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 I know. Like, but it just, short like, of, unless the Illumist pops and he's like, yo, by the way, Tobias, your mom got it going on. Let her fight. Peace. Here's her diary from that year that is missing. Hi, what up? <laughs> speaking of tobias is this the first acknowledgement that we've really had of like them all being like we don't know if he chose to stay or to lock i feel like this is the most time and most explicitly yeah okay because i was like it, but there there's been a like but there's been a lot of like yeah tobias got stuck the clock probably ran out that's what i was trying to figure out was like has it always just been kind of a hesitation? Something we're not going to acknowledge? And, and Cassie was finally like, I'm going to ask, did you choose? Uh, I know that, that Rachel has hinted at it yeah. a couple of times, but no, I don't think anything more than that. And I don't think yeah. anything like actual conversation. I feel yeah. like it's usually an, yeah, if I had his home life, I'd be a bird too. Yeah. And then like, I, I there was like a little brief moment where, they said that Tobias and Lauren were like sitting like right next to each other. And I was like, that makes me really happy that perhaps they're like bonding in some sort, you know? I think they're trying. I can't imagine yeah. Tobias being like, oh, well, my mother doesn't love me. I'm not going to acknowledge this. But I also like if someone came up to me and was like, you're my mom and you don't remember this time of your life. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, bud. I don't remember this time. Like if someone came to me from 2008, 2009 and was like, hey, you had a child and I am now 12 years old. And I'd be like. Well, you're right. I don't remember much of that time. So um, let's unpack this, please. <laughs> Hang on. Let me just call my therapist and schedule some time for us. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Um, why didn't anybody tell me I had a 12-year-old kid? But I, I like the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Just But just like to be <clears throat> serious, like I don't actually remember much of 2008, 2009. So I can imagine like Lauren who's going like, I didn't know how to fucking brush my teeth. So like, sure, you say you're my kid. Let's talk. She's not a terrible person. She fucking worked at a crisis center. I like when Ava takes Naomi aside for a pep talk <laughs> after Rachel eviscerates her. Who had money on Naomi being the, the sort of Cassie of the parents? I don't think she's the Cassie. I think Naomi is having a really hard time realizing how much her daughter is like her. That's fair. She's like, I don't know how you got to be this way. I'm like... You're a fucking lawyer. You know how she got to be this way. The seven foot tall bladed aliens just dragged you back again. <laughs> Don't touch me or my kids. 
Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> How are you feeling about Jake and Cassie's relationship? I mean, I'm not look, talking about I... the end of the book. I we yeah, no, 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 later. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about before we even get into the auxiliary animorphs, the new new animorphs. I, I would I mean, tell Cassie that she needs to leave Jake. The same way I've always felt about Jean Grey and Cyclops. <laughs> Which is great. No. Biggest fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they also have Rachel. Waiting, I'm waiting for Jake to to end up hooking up with Cassie's clone. Actually. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Clone? Alternate dimensional... Doppelganger? I forget what Madeline Pryor was. Honestly, we all do. It was the 80s. I don't know what drugs Chris Claremont was on. They made some good comics, though. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just trying to think. I think I've heard Clone more often than anything else when describing Madeline Pryor. You think Cassie and Jake are going to make it through this? No. Okay, prior to the end of this book, did you think that Cassie and Jake would make it? No. I spent about all of this book thinking that they're not, they are not healthy. Do you remember, I'm going to say probably not because it's been a couple of years. There was an episode where I think, Meg, you asked, where do we see everyone like in the future as adults? And I said, Cassie is going to be like in South America in the rainforest working like endangered animal veterinary medicine on site. And if Jake wants to follow her, fine, maybe. But by then, Cassie's just going to do her own thing. I'm doubling down on that. Yeah, yeah. That's valid. I, I'm, I'm going to have to say that I'm, I I don't think I agreed with that at the time. Maybe I did. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But I'm definitely agreeing with it now. <laughs> uh, and that was before the end of the book. I do appreciate... And this kind of, I guess, plays into it is that, like, in some ways, I think these parents are thinking rationally in their irrational processes. But I like the added frustration of these kids who are like, fuck, my parents finally know maybe I can act like a kid. And it's like, you are making me act more like an adult now. And that is causing problems in my relationship with the guy who I'm not even sure I could, like, kiss without, like, having an actual panic attack beforehand. Can you not? It's like, I just want to be the kid in the relationship and, like, really, Dad? I don't want to be the parent right now. I don't get the added bonus. I'm fighting with my boyfriend who's not really my boyfriend because we never use that word. I just really like all the relationships in this book. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to talk about the end. Can we talk about James first? Okay. No, I love James. James was fantastic. James, James is the parents, best though. Yeah, that's not that's not great. No. But but James is the best thing to happen to the Animorphs in I don't know, ever. That's not true. I know, I loved it so much that he took the male lion too. I liked that too. I thought that, that was yeah. a great symmetry. Yeah. I like he's, he's that, good, David. Yeah, I like that Jake doesn't find it to be superstitious. And uh, Jake, I think Jake was the one, wasn't it Jake who identified him as the leader? And sort of was like, no, this is the guy we got to talk to. 
I think Colette said he's the one who yeah. takes oh, care of Oh, is it Colette that said it? Would Colette but be yeah. the Rachel? Uh, yes. Yes. She was the, uh, the extreme... Colette, Colette was probably at the event that we wrote in book 25. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Very much so, yes. Yes. I had the exact same thought. <laughs> it would be interesting to see, because James already feels kind of cold. Like, he takes care of his kids, don't get me wrong. But he is already so militant in some ways, Yes. Yeah. That it would have been interesting because Jake has the tie of, I've got to save my brother. James' family is shit. And I, I, so, I don't know, I just see James being so much more effective. Do you think James is cold? Or do you think the difference is that James guarded might chooses be a more of a found family? Like, he's very protective of... All the other kids at the hospital. That's true. We have not no. talked about his one condition for his roommate. Yeah. Which, did they follow up on that? Is that something we're waiting on? I didn't hear anything. He's not part of the group. He's not I mean, part of the group that goes to fight. That's fine. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But is that something we're going to get in the future books? Is I, that something that happens We'll find out when we read. Don't I know. know. Off the top yeah. of my head. Tim, we've made it fifty books. We're not spoiling everything <laughs> no, in the no, last no. four. No, 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 that wasn't a that wasn't an asking for a hint. That All right, was someone a, tell I you wanted... what happens to the James right now. Ready? <clears throat> no, no. Uh, Ready? I wanted resolution to that before the end of the book, and I didn't. Get I mean, it. we we do get the moment where he's like, "I will explain yeah. when I get back." Yes. Yeah. So the hope is that eventually, yes. They will live up their, to their promises. But I, I think James, it, it wouldn't surprise me. If James continues the way he's going, it wouldn't surprise me if he's my favorite Animorph by the end of the book series. I honestly, given that we have four books left and the, these guys came on so late, I don't expect them to get a lot of screen time. Mm. No, me neither. Yeah. Like, it probably would have been cool to bring him in a long time ago, and then I can understand that. But I also understand why we didn't do that. Yeah. Maybe that's the direction my fanfic should go. There you go. In another world, I feel like there is a parallel second Animorph series. Yeah. That would just follow Pigeon Squad. And it's called Pigeon Squad. <laughs> because I like that. He's the bean to Ender. It's all good. He is the bean to Ender, isn't he? Yeah. So Man, good with metaphors. You're today. just, I know you're just king of the parallels here. Fuck yes. This is awesome. I'm the king of the parallels. <laughs> most effective. Nope, lost it. Never yeah, mind. That's fine. <laughs> um, it's hard to rhyme with parallels. I, I, I like the, the sort of like ranking structure that's forming too. Was it Craig and Erica both had their teams and they were under James? Who... Yes. Yeah. I, I, I... Basically, this is the book where Animorphs becomes a multi-level marketer. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. The, they, they don't like the term pyramid. How did you feel about your namesake, though? Uh, no, I like that dude a lot. Especially, like, when he... Uh, when when he finally gets to thought speak, 
And we learn of his deep love of musical he, theater. And, but he just... He it was like, if you took Tim and Alex and combined them, we got Timmy. I mean, like, real talk. I went through a lot of speech therapy as a kid. Like I said. Yeah, I, imagine, I imagine any speech therapists out there, like, paying a lot of attention to me could be like, oh, yes. I can still hear where you're doing it because I'm still super, like, aware of some of the things I used to do. Sure. Obviously, Timmy's... In a very different place than I was. But, like, yeah, I I, I liked Timmy a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard not to be happy when a character is that happy. Yes. You know? I, I genuinely appreciated him being like, do you know how much it fucking sucks to have this great of vocabulary and yeah. all of this knowledge? And, like... <sighs> He's like Marco... If Marco valued his ability to talk. Um, also, I love the way that James interacts with Timmy. Yes. Yes. Like, there's like an, an, an unspoken knowledge of the what he's trying to get across all the time, and I love yeah. it. You know? I, I really respect that. I Both my twins, both sets of twins did that, where, like, if you couldn't understand, like, the only person who could understand them was the other one. And yeah. So it brought back good memories of that. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I like the way he, he, he works with his team. I like the way he declares it his team. Yes. I just like that dude a lot. I like that Marco maybe has a new girlfriend, Colette, I think. Was oh, it Colette one, or Kelly? One, one Colette. last thing about James. Yeah. The other thing that I like about James is he has every bit the ability to, and in fact it would be challenging not to leave the team, but he still chooses not to leave the team. Yeah, I mean, no. I I don't know if he would be a better leader than Jake overall. I feel like that there's got to be something deep-rooted in there that's that would keep him from, because otherwise it's boring. Um, but even right the comparisons now, of him being taller than Jake and things like that, it's, yeah. it is interesting. Right now I would tell you it's knowledge. Oh, yeah, in, of course. In my opinion, course. that's the only thing that makes me believe in Jake. But we don't really know what makes James tick, and yeah. we're not going to get a book from his point of view. So we will. I'll write it. You're going to write it. My bad. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Um, I wrote the captured dream, which I'm guessing refers to um, Jake stalking his brother frequently, or there, like that was a dream that he kept having. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, and then I did some research because Cassie's use of months was really throwing me off in the beginning. It's been so, it's only been so many months since, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it's definitely been years. And someone did the math and like figured out based on context clues. It's about eight months since the last Cassie book. Interesting. Yeah. I would not have guessed that long. What was the last Cassie book? Australia. Um, it was yes. Australia. Okay, that I thought I was wrong. I had Australia in my head, but that seems like a long time ago. It does because it was. <laughs> but apparently, there's a reference to the Patriot, the movie, which came out in the summer of 2000, and based on the fact that there is commentary about them supposed to be in school, like this is at the earliest September 2000, just to give a reference point of where we are in time. Yeah. 
So we go into this battle. They go to the blind, the school of the blind. Is that the right way to phrase that? I think I think school. I I think in twenty twenty, school for people who are blind would okay. probably be the preferred phrasing. So they go to the school to find more potential animorphs, um, which it makes sense as to why the Yerks are watching the school, given mm-hmm. Lauren. But I found it very odd, and maybe you guys can help me figure out if this is a plot hole or like just a plot device or whatever, or if I am missing a reason. When they went to find James and crew, not all the Animorphs left. They left behind enough that if something happened to the colony, there would be people there to help. Yes. They go to the school. They bring everybody. And I understand it from the standpoint of like, so that they all get captured. Cool. And we have to use the other guys. But to me, it just felt like a dumb mistake. Oh, yes. I I agree. I don't have anything better than like the best I can say is. Well, they realized they were or they they weren't having issues, so they thought it would be safe. But that feels, yeah, that feels like it could have been an answer two books ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does not feel like it can be the answer right now. I don't think anyone would argue no, it's safe. Like it just it was the first aspect of this where I was like, this is incredibly, this is entirely a plot device. Yeah. This is entirely stupid. Like uh, that's something that I honestly didn't think about it until you just said it now. But especially going the way the story did, yep, it dumb. Yeah. I mean, it would have been better if they had not specifically said previously in the book, and also shout out to Kimberly Morris, not, this book is fantastic, excellent job ghostwriting, not on you. Um, I would also like to, I thought you were about to say a different shout out to cameras. No, 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 not there yet. Um, (laughs) It would be a different feeling if... This book had not specifically made the point of we are not bringing everybody so that we yeah. can have people watching the colony. No, that's a good yeah. call. Otherwise, like I probably they, wouldn't have picked up on it. Because the thing is, they could still have left, I don't know, Marco and Tobias mm-hmm. back or at the colony. Like make it a big enough fight with Cassie's dad or get other parents involved that everybody's like, fuck it, I'm leaving. Like, Cassie even turns around and is like, I'm going to stay at the colony or whatever. And Jake's like, no, everybody's going. And it's like, why? You still have your answer built in in that, okay, it's a shorter flight from the school for the kids who are blind to the children's hospital than back to the colony. Okay, let's go get James. Your answer's already there in the geography of Exactly. It. But then at the end, you could have the last chapter or whatever was like two people being like, man, I'm really pissed I missed out on this battle. Or like, I don't know, it's 2000. 2000 cell phones were around. And I didn't know any kids with cell phones in 2000. Also, I don't Maybe think no, there okay. Maybe are towers kids. in their compound. Maybe not kids. However, cell Axe phones had were, his Mac. Cell phones were around. You could easily have given one to James to hide. Go to mm-hmm. James. Hey, you got to call this number, the only number programmed into the phone, to get everybody from the colony who can fight to come out too. There's your workaround. Wait, I've got, I've got it. Did you... It was 2000. There wasn't cell coverage in the colony. Okay, you're not wrong. 
Also, y'all keep using the word colony, and I think you've listened to We're Alive recently. Hidden Valley Ranch. Never. I hate <laughs> Hidden Valley Ranch, too. No. That's not where they are, though. Mag, oh, mag, too. They're in Hidden Valley Ranch, too. That's yeah. what I said. <laughs> but I believe they call it the compound. The compound <laughs> sounds like they're starting a cult. <laughs> it does. I will what. accept Colony or Hidden Valley Ranch Part 2. They also don't two. have a gatekeeper, so I'm not going to call it the compound. Or a keymaster. <laughs> but yeah, I guess like that was the one major issue I had with this book. I, oh, the one issue so far. I have a lot of issues when it comes to Cassie at the end of this book. But we're going to get there. <laughs> but I just, like, I'm sitting here and oh, I'm literally in line waiting to get food. I was getting steak and shake chili today. Like, really? You are name-dropping the like. I just uh, rewind a bit, and I'm like, I just, really? Everybody's coming? Why? What is the point? What is the point other than plot device? I, because it was a really, really good cool. day for Steak and Shake Chili. I'm sorry, but it was. It'll be really cool when all six OG Animorphs plus all of Pigeon Squad forms one big Braveheart line together. I mean, yes, and you are correct. We finally get our fucking camera takedown. Like, thank you. Finally, <laughs> 50 books in, a camera is I, finally fucking effective. I morphed a fly and saw an infrared light. <laughs> also, the camera would have caught her as a fly, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. It would have caught her turning into a fly. Then my <laughs> my notes after that are walrus, walrus, Really? They didn't train these kids at all, huh? <laughs> Those are my next two notes. What's, what's wrong with a walrus? I think a walrus is a great battle morph. Really? In Southern California? Have you ever seen the movie Tusk? <laughs> no. There's, no, but somehow I knew you were going to mention it. it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing great about a walrus anymore after seeing that movie. <laughs> Do you remember the underdog, like... Backup cartoons about uh, uh, Chumley the Walrus? No, I do not. Yeah, he had a penguin. I think the penguin's name was Friday, maybe? And his sidekick was, was Chumley the Walrus? Apparently the internet doesn't remember, remember Chumley the Walrus either. The comment about Jake's parents I loved. Which one? Jake's parents have been put into, or low-level oh, yurks yeah. have been put into Jake's parents oh, <laughs> yeah. to be used as, not bait, but as a bargaining chip, I guess. Yeah. yeah. We put low-level yurks in their head, so they're expendable. That would be the better way of phrasing it, yes. And that, like, we really get Tom's fear and the hint that, like... I mean, we know Visor One doesn't have control over everybody. We have the Yerk Resistance Movement, which, like, for the win in this book. But, yes, loved. I loved that, by the way. Yes, but we get the start of a note of a faction of that there are Yerks that don't necessarily agree with Visor One, which I feel like makes a lot of sense because Visor One just filled a power vacuum led by. Ava's Visser one. Esplin just fi filled a power vacuum led by the prior Visser one. Right. Who was more reasoned and reasonable. And it stands to reason that, like, some of those 
controllers would have gone to work for Visser One, but also not like him or his means. Can I can I put just a little? I'm not gonna just a little asterisk right here for when we come back to my my prediction. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. That was all. I just wanted to cool. just a little little note there. Footnote. Yeah. <laughs> I love the scene of Jake. I mean, there's a lot here. We've had 50, 49 books plus Megan Morris books and shit of, like, them succeeding. And Jake is here about to lose. Visor One's about to kill his, like, arch rival. And you would think the obvious answer is that the new Animorphs would save the day. But it's the fucking Yurk Resistance people. You know, I, yeah. I, I kept waiting for them to back out of that, too. Like when somebody said, "Oh, it must have been the Yurk Resistance," and I'm like, "Oh, except Visser One's going to fall, and they're going to see that it was one of the new Animorphs." And then they didn't, and I was like, "Ooh, I love that." You no, know what? I, I thought they're at right. First... They are right there with him. Yeah. I I thought at first that like Cassie had just told Tobias fly back to the Hidden Valley Ranch too and tell them to evacuate. I thought Tobias would be like, "I'm actually going to sneak back in as a work bajir." <laughs> yeah. No, I think that whoever did it did it knowing. That it was for the greater good to help end this battle or to help end this war and probably knowing that they're going to lose their life. Yeah. I also really love the fact that they get Kelly out with the understanding of like, if Jake dies, we're likely all going to go with him and we need someone here, someone to tell our story. Yeah. You ready to talk about Cassie? Yes. What is what? There's some other piece of media that is structured that way. Like, I know that there are probably multiple, but, like, there's one famous one that does that. And I know because I was there and survived thing. And I cannot place it. It'll come to you. At about 3 a.m. All right, your your asterisk, Tim. Not the asterisk. We're not to predictions yet. Yeah, we're not to predictions. Yeah, yep. Um, We're going to talk about how bad Cassie messed up at the end of this book. So I'm just going to preface this with, it has been a long 50 books of me being like, I don't like Cassie, and not being able to talk about why I don't like Cassie. This is why I don't like Cassie. (laughs) I think you're being too hard on Cassie, he says, surprising no one. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to say that that is the outlier point of view. So I would like you to defend your point of view, sir. (laughs) Cassie, if nothing else, has hope. And when we saw the... No, hang on. Hear me out. I'm listening. I'm listening. (laughs) The hands already went. I know. I know. But I stopped them. I stopped them. Cassie does what she does out of hope that she can keep Jake from crossing a line that he will never come back from. Yes, he's in a bad place. No, I don't think I would have done what she did. But I understand her reasoning for saying, no, this is something that will ruin him. And I think it's important to see Cassie with hope. Because one thing we know is that in one of the worst futures we have seen, whether it was an actual trip to the future or a dream, and it doesn't matter which... (laughs) One of the key features of that world was that Cassie had no hope. 
Okay. None of that I disagree with. Why didn't she follow him? Why didn't she stop Tom? She was a fucking wolf. Yeah, why why didn't you stop because Tom? Because you bit go... the shit out of her. Don't fucking care. She could demorph, remorph, and still betrayal. The trail no, no, would not no. have gone cold. He well, has I'm... not done shit with that box yet. He has not acquired a morph. He is still fucking human. So, but, but my point is, is why why attack Jake? Why not attack Tom in the first place? Because Tom would have shot Jake in the time it would have taken her to clear the distance. That I agree with, or killed Cassie, or Cassie would have resorted to killing him, and that would have been bad all around. But I still don't understand, and Jake even asks it. But the the priority, like, you're talking about the the viewpoint of one person versus the Yerks having a morphing cube. The thing that they have, like, the whole time been like... We are okay. We have a shot at this. Yeah. Because yeah. only one Yark has the ability to morph. Not I anymore. Lost, lost, okay. lost priorities there. Here is my other point slash question. <laughs> okay. Okay. And it is it is an actual question I had. Okay. Okay. The last line of this book is, and something still told me I was right. If yes. you ask at Elements bullshit, point, no. <laughs> at one no. point well sorry it's a little elemis bullshit but hang in there okay. <laughs> we learned that cassie has some weird reality crossing this keep going i'm not keep going. i'm not no, trying to mess going. with you you're, you're, no your point's good i'm angry but keep going cassie has <laughs> in like we, we talked about it last time like or or, or when we were talking about vister like you were a happy accident and you had to be here and you had to be here and Cassie had to be here because she's the like nexus of all reality or something. You're not wrong. The puzzle pieces are here. Okay. So and I, Meg hates that the puzzle pieces are here. I will, but I still I will, think it's bullshit and it's here, here, fucking ridiculous. Here's my caveat. And Here's, there are so many things that happened in the end that wouldn't have happened if she had fucking followed him as a wolf. Okay. I'd like to recognize, for the record, because listeners can't see this, <laughs> Tim looks like he is eating the most sumptuous meal of his life. <laughs> because right now, neither of us is trained on him. <laughs> also, hungry like the wolf. So Just gotta get that in there. My, my, my discussion after your points are your points i i don't i don't hate your points what i will i get that a lot yeah i've heard those words so many times in my life what i will do is if it turns out that this plays into some greater meaning i will accept it at that time but as for right now i will continue to hate her actions you're just glad you have obvious prediction father. <laughs> yes <laughs> look As an adult, I highly respect Cassie. And I really appreciate her as a moral background. But she does a lot of fucked up shit that doesn't make any fucking sense. And if she actually spent more than five seconds thinking about it, you'd come up with a more reasonable answer. For instance, in 19, when she fucking chose to stay in Morph or become a... <sighs> when she became a neurosurgeon? An a-, a Xeno neurosurgeon? No, I'm not talking about that. Number 19 is when... No, I, I was giving another po- another example. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think it's bullshit that she doesn't t- chase down Tom. 
I mean, here's here's and the she thing that I think. The answer cannot be. I just don't. I just feel like it's the right thing. I'm sorry. So if someone this, said that to me, is this logic no. Meg brain versus emotion Meg brain? And logic, Meg Brain is winning. I don't think Meg is conflicted in this at all. <laughs> other no, that's than true. Hating, okay. hating that I made a decent point. Meg, Meg, Meg is, Meg is Meg the literal is really logic brain upset here. Upset that Alex made a really, really great point that I can't deny. <laughs> but here is the thing I will say on. But Meg that also point. knows the outcome of all of this, while you two don't. And I just um. feel like there's a better outcome. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Is Meg mad at us or is Meg mad at K.A. Applegate and Michael Green? No, Meg is mad at Cassie. 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 So, okay. Cassie made a bit bad decision. You're, you're, you're saying there could have been a better outcome. Now I know that somehow the Animorphs end up taking over that McDonald's franchise. <laughs> you know someone dies. <laughs> I, As far as I know, it's a McDonald's employee. Oh, my God. That yeah. we've okay, never met. Tim, yes, the Elemis talked to a McDonald's employee. Yes. That is entirely it's, what fucking happened. You were a happy accident, you McDonald's employee whose name no, I don't and know. It, 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 we'll cover this in my predictions. It's it's time, I think, Tim, to let you on on a hard truth. The The character who dies is Grimace. <laughs> oh, no. I just took a drink. <laughs> I know. I don't know why you keep doing that when I keep setting up what sound like serious points, because you've been doing this with me long enough to know that's always leading up to a joke. Such a bad well idea. done. Did you did you hear that? Did you hear that? That's the sound of me quitting the podcast and stopping reading the books at the thought of Grimace getting murdered in these oh, books. Do you me tell me how it ends? Do you me tell you how it ends? No, 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 no. That's like the eighth time you've threatened me with that. <laughs> the hamburger. I once. And it wasn't Vissa even what? a threat. It was talking about how terrible of a person I am. <laughs> Visser one morphs into the Hamburglar and kills Grimace. No, it had to have been the Hamburglar. Puts puts Yerks and all the fi- fry grinds and Mayor McCheese. I'm just so, going to pull up Grimace fanfic again and start I reading also, about the Fifty Shades of Grey between Grimace and Ronald McDonald. You, you know what happens after that? Then right, real Hamburglar is put on trial for the yes. murder. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. And he ends up in a drain pipe, and he says, "I didn't kill my Grimace," and then he jumps out. We all burgle down here, Robble Robble. <laughs> oh, we went to different things. I see what you did now. Yeah. You're, you're talking. It, it was the Hamburglar with six fingers. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's the six-fingered ham? Oh, I'm writing this tonight. Nope, I take that back. We are. This feels like a bad hard pivot to make to go back to the thing I wanted to say about Cassie. But I think there is one like solid criticism. What? And I think it's 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 what maybe Meg to your point is like the actual 2020 issue. Like Cassie suffers a little bit from magical black girl trope. Oh, you're not wrong. Oh, oh man, I don't like that. I didn't know I that was a trope. It is. It's yes. not necessarily magical black girl trope. Is the trope? It is magical black person being the person that like. Yeah. Now that I know, but like I hadn't applied it because I'd, I'd, I'd heard of that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair. Oh. Oh, that hurts, and that's yeah, deep. And, that's and yeah. that is an interesting criticism. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily the intent. Because I don't. I, I don't either, and I'm not saying that is. No, I know, but I think that that is a really, really great, like, hey, if you are listening to this, and I'm so sorry, um, and you are looking for a, an 
essay topic for whatever college course will let you write about Animorphs, take that, please. And then email me the paper because I would fucking read the shit out of that. And then get prepared to read 60 books. I mean, I, I got a feeling that anybody who has read up to this point is either reading along or has read yeah. all the books. And That's fair. I don't know. I just... <sighs> I understand no, I, I think... your argument of her being this pivotal point and maybe that that has some, like, well, instinct um... or hunch knowledge that that the rest of them don't have. But I fucking hate that. But I do you hate feel that. like maybe it's because it's it's not like it doesn't play for us because it's it's kind of buried there like it's only been mentioned you know very very it normally like, plays in the marginally. fact that she can morph better than anybody else yeah and that argument but even then tends to be more because look at her family line she comes from two veterinarians I don't know. I like that. If someone really does take that and runs with a paper topic, please, please, please tweet at me or something. I would fucking read it. I will beta read it and help you find resources. I have an English degree. This isn't just bullshit. I will help you. And also, I hate it so much. (laughs) (sighs) Meg's not going to be able to sleep tonight. That's nothing new. Um... (laughs) It won't have anything to do with this. Tim just wanted to make an observation. I don't know. I just, like, this has colored my opinion of Cassie for so long that she makes these decisions. And to be fair, hope and a prayer, they've all paid out so far and to her benefit. But this one's such bullshit. And, and I get it. I get it from the standpoint we don't want Jake to sacrifice his soul. And I also understand from the standpoint, we understand that there's 54 books and that we're coming to the end. And she doesn't quite realize that. I don't like it. I don't at all. I also think, and this, look, of all the of all the reasons that ground it for me, this is, I think, the least important. But in that same way we've talked about with the last Rachel book, the last Tobias book, like what is sort of the thematic coalescing endpoint of this as the last Cassie narrated book. It is her literally making a choice. One person versus the world needs of the many versus needs of the one. And she chooses the one. She chooses the humanity of this person over falling into things. I don't, I don't think it's a particularly compelling argument for why she does it. But I think sort of coming from the other angle, like, I think it makes sense as a, if there was a sort of, what is the thesis we want to end Cassie on? I don't think Cassie views it as the the saving the one. I think she views it as if she saves Jake, it she keeps Jake, everyone. yeah, solid for everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you let Jake fall and, and kill his, essentially kill his brother animals are no more so i i understand that argument and that argument i like a lot more well here's here's what she says though and here's why i think there is something to it just being about the one we had nothing to show for this fight except that we were alive to fight another day so that's that is to your point but and tomorrow jake could face himself in the mirror like it ends on 
that decision ends on that thought. And I think, I think that's at least what they're trying for. But I think to her, to that, and to her argument, the moment that Jake can't face himself in the mirror, and and to be fair, I don't know if Jake can look at himself in the mirror, considering that he has lost his family and sees himself as a failure. Adding to that, the fact that he hasn't added killing his brother to that plate keeps everybody going another day. Yeah. (sighs) I'm just so angry. And and the child in me, I mean, the, I don't even remember when I read this book, is still just so angry at Cassie because, like, that is the one thing that they've had going for them for however many books. is the fact that they have this morphine ability that the Yerks don't have. And what's going to happen? Do we really think that this is going to be something that is just kept between Jake and Cassie? Because there's no fucking way that they can. Well, like, this is, I think, I do not truly remember my reaction to this as a kid i can suspect knowing how i tended to react to things the way i did it's 100 percent my reaction today knowing that the end is coming which i think we knew by now in the book's releases knowing the end is coming at least knowing that we're in a place where stakes are getting higher like seeing the animorphs lose this tool to the yorks is way more interesting to me than them just sitting on it and having it. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Like, the stakes just got so much more interesting. Like, the Elvis and Cryak are like, oh, shit. Is it time to add more money to the table? Yeah. Has Tim fallen asleep? Nope, I'm here. Okay. (laughs) When you get really still, I, like, see (laughs) his eyes open. Hang on a second. We, we, we know Tim is one of those people who sleeps with his eyes open, like, leaned against a brick. Yes. He's not denying it. Yeah, it's but that's because he's asleep. Probably <laughs> has happened. I don't know. I was asleep whenever it happened. So. How, okay, so you've listened to me and Alex. I was going to say bicker. I don't think that's necessarily the word. No, I don't think so. Me yell at Alex. We'll go with that. How are you mm-hmm. feeling? Um, I want to desperately read the next book and I, I really, because I want to see if my prediction comes true. I'm really curious as to what happens in the next book. I mean, yeah, I don't, like I said, I, it's the same thing that I, that I, that I told Alex. I am not happy with, uh, Cassie's decision. If for whatever reason it does prove to be a greater thing, then I'll I'll rescind my not happiness. But as it stands, I'm not happy. Like I I don't see how you can, no matter how you slice it, I don't see how you can make that decision to let them have the morphing cube. You have no more advantage in the war. You have lost the war if they get the morphing cube. Are we ready for animal facts? Sure. So I have good news and bad news. No animal facts. Oh no, I've got plenty of animal facts. <laughs> Did I sound the too good excited? news. Yeah, that means this bad news is going to be tough. Is that... Okay, I'm ready. The story I have today is about otter boners. Don't ruin otters for me! (laughs) The bad news is that otters are having issues with erectile dysfunction. Oh, no. Are they also having issues because of 2020? Has 2020s... Suck the sex drive from otters as well. I am so upset with myself for saying that phrase. (laughs) 
as is <laughs> as is usually the case it's because of what? the oil industry oh okay i'm just gonna stop i'm gonna just mute myself I had a really good thing, a really good article about r- this one species of rats that covered itself in poison uh, as a defense mechanism. But then I saw otter boners and had to, had to get a piece of this. Alex, you want to work on your phrasing there? I stand by it. <laughs> okay. Let me just. Uh, nope, 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 nope. Let me get my pointing nope. baculum out. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> I just checked to see if it would read on my phone as a stylus. It does not. Um, <clears throat> I am I am looking at a Gizmodo article called Tar Sands Pollution is Giving Otters Limp Dick. Oh, God. Uh, oil waste products. That are leached out into sands, creating tar sand, uh, are resulting in the actual bones in otter penises, the bacula, becoming soft, becoming, becoming, basically it's, it's otter penis osteoporosis. Now and that that was a lot of syllables that sounded somewhat poetic until you think about what they said. No, what your poetry reading need? Oh my god! I'll let Tim turn it into a haiku. On <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> this is an issue known to decrease many animals' reproductive success, but scientists decided to examine local otters' long, curved crotch bones. Uh, so they recruited professional trappers to collect three dozen otters and scanned them using computed tomography, better known as CT scans, to peek at their insides. Compared to otters from other regions, these are in Alberta's crude oil hub. Um, otters from other less, pro- less polluted regions had stronger, denser bacula. Uh, this was determined to be a re- the result of a lack of exposure to hydrocarbons. Anyway, the oil industry is giving otters, you know, a hard time, and otters are adorable. And, well, nothing adorable has ever come out of the oil industry. That's it. That's all. It's sad. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe next time I'll tell you about monogamous poisonous rats. That's Okay. Fingers crossed. Uh, any comments, Meg? No, 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 no. No, from 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 the world, not about the. Oh, you want to rephrase that? Uh, any reviews? Is that what you're asking me? Any comments or reviews? Tw- Twitter tweets. I think that was the one I was hitting towards. <laughs> I don't know. The way you phrased that was like, do I have commentary on otter boners? And no, no, I do not, <laughs> in fact, have commentary on otter boners because I, that no. is how I am going to greet you no. from now on. No. I'm going to be like, Meg, any commentary on otter boners? Meg, I'm ready for my quarterly review. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought when Tim asked for feedback. But like, it was time to decide if I'm getting fired. 
Okay, are, is there any listener feedback? How about that one? That is such a better way of phrasing it. Thank you so much. So for anybody who uses Spotify, congratulations, so do I. Um, Spotify has podcasts, in case you were wondering. Uh, and I have my own podcast listening, but I do a little bit on Spotify. But we got tagged in a comment by Kieran, who posted their top podcast uh the first four being animorphs related take a guess who their number one podcast listening was fanamorphs no also a great podcast but no um, i still haven't been allowed to listen to it which is the one carrie peach did it was mine's at yours <laughs> no she's not on that one. and they listened to 58 episodes for 3,892 minutes of our podcast. And my initial reaction was, I'm so sorry for my voice for that long. Because, like, what the fuck? But genuinely, thank you so much. It is so cool to be, like, considered someone's top podcast choice. It's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with both of those sentiments. It is cool and fucking weird. And uh and and I and I can understand if like you started listening to us this year and that is and that is why. But it's it's really cool to know that the people are listening and that we're making it on people's top five podcasts for the year. Fucking cool. That is super cool. So thank cool. you, Kiernan. Fifty eight episodes for three thousand eight hundred and ninety two minutes of our shit. Me putting up with you two and Otter Boners <laughs> and Grimace. <sighs> Morph Club cast is. The oh, one I knew which one. I wasn't going to Megan like. Brennan. Thank you. I knew this, but <laughs> I just would like to point out that I put up with you guys for that long. I'm not sure how many Otter Boners they talk about. Every time you we say love that, and appreciate you too, Meg. Every time you say otter boners, I think O D D E R. Is that better? Of is that better? I don't think so. What is, all I, I know? What does that do? Otter boners sounds like some kind of anthology t- TV show. It sounds oh. like somewhere where I would go to get my fucking oil changed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. For otter boners. That's A U T O boners. <laughs> It's not like I would, where I would take my car in for its no. maintenance. That was not a real thing until Alex came up with a jingle. And um, until Alex stole the Roto-Rooter jingle. <laughs> um, Tim, I just want to put a an asterisk on this moment. I, I guess it's got to have two because you put one on an earlier moment. But a double asterisk or one of the little cross things. Um, and I want you to come back to it like next summer. When you've bought some of those like fake fruit flavored past plastic tube popsicles, and you're eating this otter pop and wondering why am I weirdly aroused? <sighs> I'm happy to ruin summer for everyone. I'd also like to shout out well two things. One, if you take those and put vodka in them, they're great. Two, James who follows us on Twitter as well. Um, when I threw up a post saying that we were talking about episode 50, or I'm sorry, when we were talking about book 50, James also replied that this is the book where Cassie lost a lot of respect for him as well. So we are not alone in feeling this way, Tim. 
Did Cassie lose respect for him? No, he lost a lot of respect for Cassie. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying this wrong or if you're really <laughs> tired. I really no, don't I know I, what, you, what is what is happening I think here. <laughs> I think you said it backwards. Fine, whatever. So I'll just give you a chance to read it again if you wanted it. But if you don't, then nope, cool. No, that's fine. Okay, we're going to go with it. Okay, so my prediction... Oh, you always want to skip these. We don't need to. No, no, no. I feel good about this one. Damn. No, you know, we've, look, we've tortured you so much. Damn it. Even Chris Grine has called us out for it. Let's, Meg, I think we should let Tim off the hook. No, 50 50 books that I'm finally finally on board with one. What is this book called? Let's decide based on that. It it doesn't sound like it has, it was like the ultimate. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. The absolute. Yeah, the absolute. We just fucking read. No, that's what I'm saying. The ultimate ending didn't have a, anything to do with the book. And to be fair, like the ultimate, the absolute, that actually is really playing in the same narrow theme. Okay, fine. Who narrates this? We'll start there. Marco. You're wrong. Am I? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Tom has the morphing cube. There's a faction of the Yerks we know that's undermining Visser 3. I think either Tom is going to join up with that faction or he's going to start his own new faction. And I think it's probably the likely the latter because I don't think he's really against Yerk domination. I think he's still for Yerk domination. He's just going to start another faction of Yerks that are following him because he has the Morphin Cube. What you're saying is in the next book, Tom tops from the bottom. <laughs> yes. Okay. That is You're actually saying exactly that Tom what I'm is going saying. to be a feature of a Marco book? I don't... Well, I mean, yes. to be fair, yes. Marco's already saved his mom. What else does Marco have going on? Okay, that Tom was kind of a... Criticism. Yeah, and Tom was kind of a feature of a Cassie book. Okay. Yeah. And so. Jake is Marco's best friend. Okay. And is being... How was it you, but, you, 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 you categorized Jake this book? A punk-ass bitch. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing is... It, it may just be leading into that, Tom. Like, it may be a bridge book to Tom starting his own faction. But that's what I see coming. I I, I think that's what's going to happen. Okay. Tom, Tom is on the run from Visser 1. Okay. Do you think he'll meet Esplan 9466 Beta and team up with him? Is that the one that... That's the one that that's Jake one killed, that, right? That's the one that Cassie killed. No, That's I'm, the I'm, one who escaped into the woods <laughs> to return at a later date. I'm pretty sure Jake killed him. So, I've heard it all three ways. <laughs> I just really appreciate um, the fact that Alex said top from the bottom. And like, I, there's not much more I could get from this podcast anymore. Well, uh, I like there's there's interesting directions that I want to go. I want to. Tim see... doesn't know what this means, and he's not going to acknowledge it. And I love no, it. No, no. Uh, yeah, I got. It. I know what it means. I'm moving on. Um, so, uh, I want to see a Visser One Tom battle. Man, not necessarily. Not like... <laughs> just huh? You hesitated just long enough on Tom, or I am drunk enough. <laughs> it just. It's fine. It's fine. And I also want to see the Jake Tom fight that I didn't get this book. Like I want those things to resolve. I want Tom to come out alive and human again. So but... you don't think that we are leading up to a Jake Tom battle being the final? Book? Yes, I do. I do because, and I think that 
it would not surprise me if somehow Tom, in the late, late stages of this book, doesn't necessarily dethrone Visser One, but somehow incapacitates Visser One in his attempt to take power. Interesting. And so, yeah, that's that would not surprise me if that's the way that it plays out. You're missing a part of your your predictions. Oh yeah, and Marco beefs it. There you go. Thank you. I can't believe I almost forget that. I would hate to get that one wrong. Understandably. <laughs> Your track record's been spotless so far. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, anything you would like to plug before I move on? Nope, I'm good. Nope. Alex? Um, when does this episode come out? Next Tuesday. What will that the be? Eighth. The 7th or 8th? Something like that. Yeah, no, it's all the usual shit for me. Ask me again next time we record. Sure will. Anything you'd like to plug, Tim? No, I don't have anything going on. Uh, okay. We'd like to thank Red Sphinx for our show art. You can check out more of their work by supporting their Patreon or visiting at ChaosDoesArt on Instagram. If you're interested in getting some cool art, email red at c.sphinx.animator at gmail.com. Peep our social meds at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at Minds at Yerk at gmail.com. Website is Minds at Yerk.com. I'm not spelling it. I'm not going to spell it. Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. Is this the point oh. we realize that Tim can't read? <laughs> and that he doesn't but, understand letters? Just read an entire paragraph. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to spell your because I don't know. Tim only recognizes whole words. Once you hyphenate letters to spell them out, it doesn't work anymore. He's the Nick Miller. I don't think I actually can read. I've just memorized a lot of words. <laughs> Available on your podcatcher of choice. Let us know if you can't find us there. And... Alex, if you want to find a line for us, since I apparently, it might be hyphenated and I'll have no idea what to do with it. All right. Somebody say when. When. Jake's legs shortened and bent at a seemingly impossible angle. <laughs> that could come from any goddamn animal. <laughs> I believe that I was Tim. I am known in the Southwest as Alex. I just don't know how to react to that. I'm Megan. <laughs> and until then, we fight.